Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a movie can except make a good end to the trilogy cause we're covering Spider-Man 3. Oh yeah, this is definitely a GMP! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's guilty movie pleasure. <laughs> All right. Could you guys the, could you guys see the spittle that was coming the, out of my mouth? Because it was intense. It was like a really intense uh, one man show on Broadway, right there. Thank Only so two man show with web slinging and spittle. And web spittle. And spittle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you shouldn't be listening to this because we're going to be swearing a lot today because we're covering the Sam Raimi classic. Spider-Man 3. Oh, man. Before we get into that, I'm your host, at the Ben Begley, at Ben Begley. Uh, my name is Ben Begley. I'm at the Ben Begley on Twitter. Ben legally uh, changed his name I legally changed my name ben to, Begley. at the is my first name. Ben is my middle name. Begley is this my is last name. This is the future, name. you guys. And my co-host, as always, Jesse McIntosh. I'm Jesse McIntosh. You can find me at Too Much Jesse on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at Guilty Movie Guys. If you're not following us yet, follow us. Although we did get a decent little upkick in followers yeah. that wasn't bots because... Special shout out. Shout out to Lonely Island. The Lonely Island guys, they uh, watched the Hot Rod episode that we did forever ago. They retweeted the episode and fact-checked us on the fact that the stunts were real and no dummies were used. Listen, I wasn't here for that episode, and if I was, I would have... Obviously, I would have told you that no no (laughs) stunt doubles were used. That made my week, my month, my year, because the Lonely Island guys are some of the funniest people out there. And you and I were texting back and forth like, holy shit, the Lonely Island guys just retweeted the podcast. I had to to deep clean my couch because I left a little pee stain. (laughs) Just right in the center. It's awesome. Because, yeah, we are now, I think, safe to say, the official podcast of The Lonely yeah, Island. Yeah, I think so. So, I anyways. They wouldn't have a problem with me saying that. Special shout out. If you mm-hmm. want to see The Lonely Island, come on our show, tweet at them, and say you want to see them talk podcasts on Guilty Movie Pleasures. Yeah, we're starting a movement. Tweet at them. We're starting a movement. Let's we're going to get them on here. Let's get, we want to do Pop Star, and we want to do it with The Lonely Island. Yes, so did I say that? All, uh, you said tweet at The Lonely Island, but oh, I just want to make sure Pop Star, know. We yes. want to do Pop Star. Um, so, tweet at them. Um, and if, especially if you're not bots, tweet at them. Yes. And full disclosure, I'm on like four hours of sleep because we're sleep training my seven-month-old daughter, and she decided to uh, murder my soul last night by mm. staying up almost the whole night. So that was fun. I'm on I'm on four hours of sleep because I, I want to be relatable to my co-host. So <laughs> just, I, for no other reason. You just always taking one for the team. Yeah, I was like, Appreciate it. Ben's going to be a little sluggish. Me too. All right. So we're going to get into this because we have a lot to cover. Uh, quick little thing, though. I saw Spider-Man Homecoming uh, twice. Uh, before this loved it I want to know fans reactions to it where does it rank in the Spider-Man echelon for you in the series Um, also uh, one of our fans asked how they thought how I thought the the Raimi trilogy ages and I will say that um, I've rewatched two and a half I didn't see the last excuse me 30 minutes of Spider-Man 2 because I had to jump on this Spider-Man 3 to finish it before the show but so far Spider-Man 1, uh, it has some great, awesome stuff, and it has a really cool origin story. Uh, For me, the Goblin's outfit is distracting, how kind of... It looks a little hokey to me now, his mask and everything, and some of the talking back and forth to the mask and Willem Dafoe, and uh, some of the action scenes look like they're on a back lot with Mm. with, like, plastic sets, and that was distracting, but... It's still an awesome movie, and uh, it really, really knocks out of the park the vibe of Spider-Man. It's just some of the, some of the effects and some of the more, more of the uh, stage building of it 
has aged poorly, I feel like. Interesting. So, like, the set design. The set design has aged a little poorly. Okay. Now, Spider-Man 2, the two-thirds of it I've seen, ages really well. And I think that the the villain, Dr. Octopus in this, is fantastic. How they set him up, how they set up the... the it just everything in the fight scenes are incredible in this. In, in the fight scenes in the first one, they're a little dated, except for moments where the slow motion hits. That's awesome. Where Goblin's throwing his uh, pumpkin things and, and the the slow motion kicks in is awesome. But this is where you, f- I feel like you fully get to see Spider-Man fighting on the scale of how you would want to see him cinematically for the first time. Mm. When Doc Ock and him are fighting up the building, and Sam Raimi does it a lot in Spider-Man Three, sometimes to a detriment is where he'll do one shot that kind of follows them as they're fighting. And in this one, it gets a little too, like, rubbery, Stretch Armstrong CGI characters. But in Spider-Man 2, it's solid. So Spider-Man 2 ages well. Spider-Man 3, I hated when I first saw it. Yeah, me too. I saw this in theaters, and I walked out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Being like... Fuck this movie. I never want to see another Spider-Man movie again because Venom is one of my favorite characters in the Spider-Man universe. And we'll get into how horribly they handle that. <laughs> but I will say, rewatching it a second time, I have never seen it again since 2007 when it came out. Rewatching it a second time, <clears throat> the first hour at least has some really fun action. And even the end has some fun action. It's just the movie, it's like three or four movies in one. And it keeps juggling back and forth. And when you think they've finished off one plot line, they revisit it again like an hour later. And it just gets really frustrating watching it. Because there, I have a fix for the movie that I'll say later in the show. I have a pitch on how you could fix this. But for me, it's, it's more fun than I remember, but it's still a mess. It's definitely the guiltiest of all of them. Yeah. Um, Except Amazing Spider-Man 2, the second reboot. That one's... The guiltiest. I don't know that I saw that one. It's, uh, I don't know. This might be guilt. This is guiltier. I think that's that's harsh words, but I think it's guiltier. What do you think of it? So um, revisiting it. Well, I had the same reaction to you the first time I saw yep. it. Um, I saw it in theaters and uh, I hated it, and I walked <laughs> yeah. out like I don't really, hate it now. Really disappointed in myself, honestly, that I like put myself through it. Because well, you, you look at this cover, you're like, because oh, the cover was him on a building with Ven- with the Black Spider-Man outfit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, re-watching it, I didn't hate it as much, maybe just because like I was going into it with the expectation of like yeah. this was one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so re-watching it again, like, there are parts of it that I don't like but could defend. Yeah. But, like, to me, it really feels like, like, you sort of touched on it, but it feels like they knew this was their last shot. And they were they like, threw everything let's in. just get everything in that we can. But and they didn't organize it. It was supposed to be, like, a four, five, and six. Sam Raimi had a s- number four planned. Well. So I don't know why they threw then, everything in the kitchen sink in this I'm, one. I'm just saying that's what it felt right? like. Right, yeah. Is that they just were like, we got to get all of our ideas all of our ideas in right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, it feels like the final season of Dexter where it's just like, yeah. <laughs> 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 I 
yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the writing that room. That was the writing room. This movie feels more like a Transformers movie than a Spider-Man movie with the plot lines that are combining to make no sense. And the weird, awkward humor and the super... Oh, this movie's so talky. It's so... T- there's so many just power down in action to have people... You can play a drinking game in this movie for how many times Peter Parker or Mary Jane cries. Sure. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah. Like, I'm all for having characters having emotions. Like, Logan is a super emotional comic book movie. But you gotta know the limit your audience can have for watching their main hero just cry like a little baby. Well, here's the thing. is like, so... I disagree with you to a certain extent as far as like tra- the Transformers movie that we j- uh, covered two weeks ago. Um, that I thought was all over the place tonally. This at least like is yeah, yeah, a yeah. goofy version yeah. of Spider-Man, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like they maybe inserted too much emotional punch. Like maybe he yeah. was trying to it's manipulate that, our emotions yeah. a little bit, but they were they stayed in the same wavelength right, of like right. goofy the whole time. I would I guess I was comparing it to Transformers in the uh, cramming and all sorts of plot sure. lines yeah. that kind of don't cohesively make sense. Yeah. You're right. Thank you for calling me out on that because it's not it's not it's not quite a, <laughs> it's not quite as blatant there's no blatant racism like in the Transformers not movies or, or misogyny. Uh-uh. Uh here's here's the thing also I and then we'll get into the plot. Uh I think what happened was comic book movies sucked for so long. Mm-hmm. And to, it was like Batman and Batman Returns were fantastic. I mean, obviously, the Christopher Reeves Superman was great. Then there was a dip. Then Batman, Batman Returns, then another dip with Batman and Robin and, and, and uh, Batman Forever. And so you kind of thought, oh, man, we're never going to get another good movie. And then you had the sort of renaissance with X-Men and Spider-Man and X2 and Spider-Man 2. And then the third one of both of those fucked up both series with X-Men The Last Stand and Spider-Man 3. It's because we got spoiled with good comic book movies again. We didn't have to settle for the Chris Evans Fantastic Four where it's like, oh, it's fun to go see a movie with my characters on the screen that I love from my childhood, even though they completely fucked it up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we got spoiled and then they kind of dipped back into the earlier problems these movies had, which was just not really doing a service to the origin stories. And I I think there's also like a little bit too the pendulum of expectations mm-hmm. swinging like these Spider-Man 1 is probably the closest thing we've gotten in the last I don't know 15 years to like reading a comic book right like the whole aesthetic of the movie oh, yeah. and like the tone of it and just um, super bright and poppy yeah, it's really cool it's very it's very much like the experience of yeah. what reading Again, a comic book Again love that is. movie and I don't know if, like, looking back, it's hard to know in context, but if we just reached a saturation point with that, because now we've obviously gone the complete other direction of, like, gritty and dark, and, like, mm-hmm. these are real people who are dealing with real Except, issues. Well, Marvel, I think, still holds... Although they still get gritty and dark, but they still have a lot of humor Right, to but, them. like, people are wanting that. People yeah, are yeah, craving yeah, that yeah, a little bit more yeah. just because there was so much brightness and fluffiness yeah. and, like... I don't know. Happy-go-lucky stuff. I will say Spider-Man Homecoming is bright and comic-y and, and fun, and it it that's my favorite Spider-Man movie so far. I seen it yet, so. It's so... It nails the youthful energy of Peter Parker, and it's a great foil to all the other Marvel movies out there because you have this kid just wanting to be a hero and mm-hmm. not being old enough, and it feels like, to me how I felt reading these comics just like that energy of being like I want to do stuff too I want to yeah. be an adult I want to be cool yeah. everybody can relate to that and I think that the new Spider-Man Homecoming the pacing of it is insane too where it's just like 
you're invested in the characters and then there's an awesome action scene you're invested in the characters it's like the first iron man where you're just as invested in peter parker as you are a spider-man just like tony stark and iron man and i i I cannot recommend spider-man homecoming enough if you didn't like it tell me why because i will be blown away and we're i think we're both excited for spider-man prom that's (laughs) coming up next year winter formal yeah yeah. spider-man winter formal first i I never went (laughs) anyways all right spider-man 3 plot in under three minutes here we go we got 45 minutes ish to do the rest of this i don't know we'll figure it out we're gonna do the plot in 45 minutes plot in under three minutes this is gonna be real fun so are we ready in the booth josh all right in three two one, so we reestablish the status quo, status quo that Peter Parker is, uh, Spider-Man's huge, everybody loves him, and, uh, oh god, there it is, and, uh, and, but Peter Parker's still kind of a nerd, but he's now with Mary Jane, and he's kind of flirty with Gwen Stacy, which is gonna be trouble later, and then Harry's gone full, like, Hobgoblin, you know, Green Goblin Jr., he's, he's pissed off that he now knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and he still can, he still says, you killed my dad, uh, Thomas Hayden Church is an escaped con, and there's a touching moment where he goes to visit his daughter, daughter uh then aunt may gives peter the ring to propose there's a whole lot before anything there's a lot there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot. before anything happens. anything happens um, um but so mary jane gets a bad review um on her broadway yeah. show and peter parker doesn't care about that yeah, he's and kind of a dick. he's got he's got to go do spider-man things he's uh his ego's getting bigger yeah. he's celebrating himself to, a little bit too much he's harry shows up as in in the with the hoverboard yep big fight that's the first fight sequence first fight. like 40 minutes in almost yep 30 minutes and there's a big fight scene harry gets like clothesline falls hits his head like 700 times conveniently loses his memory and forgets that Peter Parker killed his father or that he's Spider-Man and doesn't remember any of that and then we move on to Sandman running away and he happens to stumble upon your favorite part of the oh, movie. Oh, my favorite part of the movie where he shows up and he stumbles into a ditch where in the middle of the night they're doing a science experiment on who knows what. There's nothing there and they never come to check on what happened to their science experiment. They just run the machine and that's it. It's a um, deep matter materializer I guess, or something. I guess, but there's no matter there. Um, but he just turns into sand yeah. um, or he can at will turn into sand, I yeah. guess. And then there's a Spider-Man uh, given the keys of the city ceremony and he swoops in and uh, they're like kiss him and it's Gwen Stacy up there and, Ma- and Mary Jane's watching and he kisses her just like he, uh, he kissed Mary Jane in the first one total dick move yep. and then Sandman comes and he's a taxi robs a bank Spider-Man fights him and then and meanwhile Topher Grace is uh, the new photographer yeah. trying to get pictures of Spider-Man yeah. and Tobey Maguire and he have a little bit of a rivalry which turns into it turns out that he's just later. stalking Gwen Stacy not actually dating yep. her uh, fast forward to there's a crane going nuts for no reason it has nothing to do with any of the villains crane's going nuts it happens to hit the building where Gwen Stacy is doing the weirdest office supply modeling job and she falls Spider-Man in a really awesome sequence saves her life and she She's kind of falling for him, and then oh fuck! Uh, Spider-Man fucks up the proposal to Mary Jane, and because his ego's getting too big, the symbiote, by the way, landed about twenty minutes ago oh, randomly ago. when they were uh, laying in the web. Ah, so, okay. so he becomes an emo <laughs> Spider-Man seconds. and evil Spider-Man, and so he just, emo evil, yeah, yeah. He just wants to like be be a dick to people um, yeah. because he and fu- do a lot of finger pointing. He finds like out that the Sandman actually killed Uncle Ben, and so he's going to take revenge on that. He dumps water on him, thinks he kills him. He's like, I killed him, Aunt May. You're good. Yep. Oh. And to- Topher Grace. Uh, it turns into Venom. He, yeah, and he gets into Venom, and then, Venom and then and he Sandman says, I'm going to kill you. Join together. We're going to join forces. They have Mary Jane up like full Jurassic Park with a car hanging but over the whole time. James Franco joins they Spider-Man. Way. They fight him together, and then they kill him all. They kill him all in the end. Sandman, and Sandman. He, he says everything's okay with Sandman. Sandman's just dust in the wind at the end. Dust in the wind. All these villains are just dust in the wind. Okay, first off, the first thing I want to cover before we even get into plot points is how 
how often this movie starts and stops storylines. Okay. Like, wh- I think that's the only way to handle this, talking about this, because the Harry the you, Harry you storyline... You seem stressed, and I want to distress you right <laughs> the now. The Harry so storyline... Just iron it out. The Harry storyline's so frustrating, because in Spider-Man 2, there's the big cliffhanger of Harry ripping off Spider-Man's mask and about to stab him, realizing it's Peter Parker and he can't go through with it, and he then he's held that over now for a couple of years or however long it's been, and he's out for vengeance and then within 20 minutes in the movie he now has amnesia which you think is oh cool that's the quick fix now we're not going to worry about that anymore cut to an hour later he then remembers everything because he kisses mary jane and then he remembers everything and then they have this fight scene where they try and kill each other because now peter parker's a dick and then he reverses again to save the day and in the end harry kind of is the bigger badass in that battle. Spider-Man's just kind of getting his ass whooped. Sure. And Harry's doing all this cool shit. But it's like, that storyline's so... Why? Yeah, well... Why did they need him to have amnesia? They don't. So that's what I was going to say. Is like, isn't the more interesting story, like, two best friends turned rivals? Yes. And then what it takes to bring them back together? There are three villains in this movie. Yeah. And none of them are developed. Right. Here's my pitch to Let's save this movie. Okay. Spider-Man uh, is in the beginning he's he's kind of getting an ego but not quite to where he gets yet it happens when the symbiote lands he so let's call that actually a fourth villain because that's like a menacing presence throughout a menacing like presence. It, tur- it turns him into a villain because then Topher Grace beca- yeah you're right oh right. my god so like four oh, villains god there's four villains movie. so he he becomes uh, the black suited Spider-Man at, like 20 minutes in the inciting incident is him being uh, him being transferred, the symbiote taking over, and him starting to figure out this is awesome, and he and he, then his crime fighting escalates, which we see in photographs in newspapers, but we never actually get to see. We only get to see him do emo weird point dances, which that whole montage where he's like whipping his hair around, and, and it's just like weird close up shots of his. I don't know what person ever thought that this was a a way to be. Toby Maguire is the most awkward, cool guy I've so, ever seen. That's, that was my takeaway this time from watching it, was that, like, Toby Maguire was maybe the right person to play Spider-Man, but the wrong person to play emo Spider-Man. Because oh, it's, it's so awkward and so bad. But he goes for it. He, it's just... He's committed. You can't tell me he's not committed. So here's my, my pitch would be, he gets taken over by the symbiote like 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. We've already established Sandman as what we think is going to be the main villain. And the fact that he finds out he actually killed Uncle Ben. And then we get that moment at about the halfway mark where he kills Sandman, but legit kills Sandman. Not brings him back and he's alive again. Legit kills him, which is against everything Spider-Man stands for. Yeah. And we, by the way, we still have the Harry storyline going on. Mm-hmm. And then that way... Instead of Topher Grace showing up 40 minutes in and then becoming Venom, Harry's been kind of stalking Spider-Man this whole time. And Spider-Man rips off Venom same way, but then Venom becomes, takes over Harry, which I know is against the comics, as Harry Osborn was Hobgoblin or whatever. Uh, that's fine, because this is already so against the comics. If you just make it about Harry and Spider-Man and Peter Parker's relationship, and then have Harry be taken over, and then the rest of the movie be... Harry's rise to being a supervillain and Spider-Man having to fight and defeat his best friend. Mm-hmm. Imagine the emotional climax to that. Sandman's already done for halfway through. You don't need him to come back. If you want him to come back as a lackey, fine. But you don't need... You didn't need Eddie Brock. 
if you're going to have the Harry jealousy, because then you have too many people that are confused with their emotions on how they feel about Spider-Man, how they feel about Mary Jane, how they feel about Gwen Stacy. There's like a love quadrangle going on. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Just solidify it to just Harry and Peter. <laughs> Harry <laughs> Peters. Just Harry Peters. Harry Peters. That's it. So I'm, I'm a little I had bit... a more concise story no, in my was... head, and then I fucking just ram- rambled for That was well executed. Um, I... So I'm a little bit torn. Like, sort of what you're saying is kind of, again, kind of what we were saying about Transformers with the Optimus Prime storyline, right? Yeah. Where, like, this story should have been about him and his mentor, like, Every Transformers movie fact. should have been about Optimus Prime, and it never is. Right. Um, but so, but it should have been about the relationship that yeah. he had with his mentor and, like, how he's now dealing with the fact that he's been turned on. Yeah. Right? Um, and so it's a little bit what you're saying with uh, Spider-Man and Harry, how, like, the the more interesting part of this is the dynamic between the two people who once loved each other they're and now best, hate they each were other. best friends they they're childhood best friends i i sort of like and i sort of feel like it's necessary for again the tone of this movie to have a reconciliation at the end and yeah. have them join together at yeah. the end um so that's the only reason i would hesitate in saying just like kill sandman i feel like you could we could have done had through lines with both of them throughout and sandman like gaining power throughout mm-hmm. Again, maybe okay. not faithful to the comic. What about like, this then? Yeah. Get rid of Sandman entirely. No, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. We have just Peter Parker versus Harry. Harry's gone full supervillain. Yeah. Harry's Robin Banks. He's, he's trashing everything. He's trashing the Daily Bugle. Anything that ever uh, he's attacking Aunt May, he's gone full psychopath. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Peter Parker going after him. While Eddie Brock is going after uh, Spider-Man and, and 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 jealous of that, then you can still have Eddie Brock become Venom, and then Harry and Peter can still team up at the end yeah. against a greater evil because Harry then, because the the third act reveal when the Butler finally comes out and is like, "I've seen things in this house that I should never say." Your father wasn't killed by Spider-Man; he was killed by his own hand. It's like something that would have been useful to know yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's like why yeah. didn't. You, also, like, he knew he was going down this awful path. Why did he wait till he's now Freddy Krueger face because and, of the bomb? Why? Why couldn't he say it? Like, why is that a I secret that he that Spider Man didn't kill him? I don't understand. He saw. Yeah, that's he the saw most his... frustrating thing. Is like too many things wrap up too easily. Right. Um, so you're right. I do think. Okay, I changed my pitch. Harry and and Peter need to be enemies at the beginning. Get rid of Sandman. It's just about Harry and Peter and Eddie Brock. And, Venom, and that's, that's it. it, right? Because again, like, and maybe he almost kills Harry when he's when he's becoming Venom. So, so like a reversal where he almost the, kills Harry. Oh, Venom almost kills Harry. Where where when Peter Parker's turning into Venom ish when he's the black suited Spider Man, maybe the break point would be where he almost kills Harry, and that's when he's like, I can't do this anymore. And that's where Eddie Brock gets taken over. Then you can have Harry in the hospital. The butler comes in and says, I should have said this earlier. Halfway through. Yeah. There you go. There we we go. We fixed fixed it. it. I I don't know if anyone can follow the train of thought. Someone remake Spider-Man 3, but (laughs) not from Spider-Man Homecoming. Just go back and remake this version. But so the Sandman, the other problem that I had with the Sandman. I guess we should talk about the actual movie instead of theoretical versions. It's not not important. The, The other thing about the Sandman is that it was so for like was this part of the comic where the Sandman was the one that I don't actually so. killed Uncle Ben? I don't think because so. Because that was, was so, so forced. manipulative oh, and so forced and, and so it, like 
we finished this. Yeah, Why it are we doing it again? It rewrites all the drama with Ant Man and Peter Parker. When Peter Parker, when Peter has to admit to Ant Man in the second one that he's responsible for Uncle Ben's yeah. death, it it lets him off the hook for that emotion. It lets him off the hook, and then it also like for no reason brings up new emotion like what so <laughs> and then it so does why it does twice. feel the way he does yeah it does it twice where it makes you think that he just like full-on was like gangsta Op- optimus prime uncle ben like fuck you old man you're on the ground just like sentinel prime and instead they show that he had his hand on the trigger and the third act reveal is he had the hand on the trigger and his other buddy runs up and he turns and because you know people just turn and accidentally yeah. pull triggers yeah. <laughs> That's such a cop out. It was so. It was such it's a stupid so, structure to then, then make it to be like, oh, sad Sandman. Just does, oh god. And mm. and so and then the other thing, not that like I have experience with anyone close to me being murdered, but like <laughs> God, I hope not. No, I I don't. Um, mm-hmm. and hopefully I never will. But if uh, so if if you're like in a relationship and you're cheated on, yeah, right, and you know who who your partner cheated on you with, yeah. You're furious at that person, and it takes you forever to get over what happened between the two of them. If you then find out later that there was also a second person that they cheated on you with, you're like, all right. I mean, I was already yeah. mad. Like, <laughs> I already, like, went through those emotions. Yeah. And so it's just sort of – it's it's uh, it's anticlimactic, and it it's, it's very deflating as far as – like I, I, it's, I would just feel defeated. I wouldn't feel, like, the, engaged in retribution. The only purpose it serves is to be, like – Ooh, Sandman's a villain, but let's sympathize with him at the end. It's like, no, just make him a villain. Just make Sandman a villain. That's the problem all... And that's what Spider-Man Homecoming does a great job with, is you actually understand where the villain's coming from, and he has a really cool motive, but he's also incredibly watchable and, like, dynamic, because it's Michael Keaton. Yeah. But the biggest problem for me in all the Spider-Man movies, except two, has been the villain origin story, because they always... Build up. It takes so long to build up to the villain becoming the villain that you're almost watching a villain origin story instead of a Spider-Man movie. Mm. And it's like, that's why Dark Knight works so well, is Joker's already Joker. Joker's already been working the scenes behind behind closed doors, and now he's out full force. The, the best comic book movies are the ones where it's like, they've been pulling the strings behind the scenes... Like Civil War, uh, Zemo in that. He's been pulling strings behind the scenes, and now he's ready to just unleash. It's not like a big build-up to unleash. It's just like, that's where when you have to sit there and watch. And how many of these movies start with a good guy that turns evil? Right. That's like, oh, God. That's why this would have been cool just to see. Sandman could have just been evil. He didn't have to be sympathized. Sure. Or, like we talked about, you didn't need him at all. You didn't need him at all. Topher Grace was so, like, his point of view was almost too benign for me to believe that he was going to turn into yeah. Venom. Like, he was so harmless. He was a pseudo, a pseudo stalker of Gwen Stacy and jealous that Peter Parker outed him as being a fake when he when he photoshopped a photo and of when, Spider-Man. When he was fake. Like... Yeah. <laughs> It's the worst I, motive ever. Because in the comics, Eddie Brock is like this big jock because he's he's supposed to physically juxtapose Peter Parker. And that's why it's like this, it's brains versus brawn. And yeah. it's in, it's more interesting. I don't know. Anyways, let's get into, we've sort, we've hit a lot of the plot already. But um, this, I love in, so there's a whole lot of stuff in the beginning where like, I know that Mary Jane actress stuff, I'm sure seemed interesting, but it's really boring. Yeah. And like her whole. Yeah. Her whole thing going on 
It's, and then to introduce Gwen Stacy just as a jealous object for Mary Jane when Gwen Stacy was a huge love interest for Spider-Man in the comics and died tragically, which is the one thing they handled really well in the Amazing Spider-Man movies was Gwen and Peter's relationship. Uh-huh. Everything else was kind of... But anyways, this just... The whole beginning where we're watching like 30 minutes of her being upset with her acting career and Peter being kind of a dick... Well, and also, and he shouldn't become a dick before, b- yeah, the b- symbiote. Right, exactly. The symbiote should have hit him earlier, because otherwise you're just like you're kind of an asshole, and then you're just super asshole when you get the finger pointing montage. Yeah. Which, oh my God, Josh, can we find the dance scene on YouTube? Dancing uh, Spider-Man three. Yes, please. We just have to show that for any of the uninitiated who All haven't right, seen it because it's fucking horrible and um, also amazing. You you may have seen if you haven't seen the movie, you may have seen the sequence in a fever dream. So just <laughs> reference that. Um, but uh, but okay, so her acting career is not interesting and whatever, but also like that play seemed shitty. <laughs> it seemed really shitty. It seemed like like they couldn't have made a better fake play. Like what musical starts with like a really somber solo number? <laughs> It's always like the most upbeat song of yeah. the whole show, but she just like is descending a staircase by herself yep. doing a solo. And I love that Harry's up there in the like the booth creeping with the mini binoculars. I always think the mini binoculars look so stupid. They, and, they do. And, he, and I just love that he's and he lowers him. And he's like, and then looks at Peter like, I'm gonna kill you. But now let's get into the fact that the first. Oh, oh, and then they're laying in the spider web, and the alien symbiote, for no reason, for no reason, <laughs> happens to shoot from space and land next to them and then attach to his moped. Yep. No reason. No, well, okay. No reason that it attached to the moped. No reason that it didn't immediately attach to Mary Jane, who was sitting on the back of the moped. Yep. No reason it stayed in his apartment forever. And the, for an hour and... What did I say? It was an hour and... F- how long? It was a very long time. It took an hour and 40 minutes before Eddie Brock became Venom. Yeah. Which is... Way too long for one of the best villains. Again, you take two thirds of the movie to build up to. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. So yeah, it just this this conveniently this movie has so many moments where it's conveniently like boop. There's a plot point. Right. It's gonna happen. And then, but the first sequence with Harry and Peter fighting is pretty awesome. The aerial thing where they're swinging and and they go through the the thin alley and Harry's yeah. slamming back. The CGI holds up pretty well. And they beat the shit out of each other. And then Harry does like a, shout out to Lonely Island, a hot rod style fall. He yep. falls forever. Hits every possible thing. And I know that he like green smoked himself. So he has like basically Captain America super serum-ish in him. Uh-huh. But even that, <laughs> he should have had a little bit more than a mild, you know, case of short-term memory well, but loss. Then also, no like, broken bones. Right, but then why does he have short-term memory loss? <laughs> like, if if nothing else happened to him, yeah. why was the only thing affected his short-term memory? Because he hit his head 700 times. But, like, selective short-term memory? <laughs> like Convenient plot, short-term memory, like convenient plot right, hitting the symbiote. Right, right. They, they describe it as short-term memory, and then he goes back to his house, and he's like, am I rich? It's like, how do you not know you're rich? That's really like, long-term That's memory. long-term. It's and always been And at one point he goes, I wish I could remember more of my dad. I'm like, he's been your dad your whole your life. Your whole life. <laughs> I feel like you guys forgot what short-term memory means. They sh- they, I'd have to scene up if you wanted Oh, okay. Yep. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's this just is, do it. This is when Peter Parker becomes emo Parker. And uh, how long is it? I just want to show that. 30 seconds. Okay, yeah, this is his p- finger point thing. I don't know if this is the dance scene, but oh god, yeah, are we are we live? Are they seeing this? 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly, every woman is like, "Who is this giant douchebag?" Oh, Tobey Maguire, you are great as Peter Parker in Spider-Man, but you cannot strut into. Oh, here's the best. This was me at every club, circa 2004. What's up, oh, ladies? Oh, what's up? You ready? That the Bagley is in the house. Uh, I got some pelvic Get thrust that for thrust. you. That's what I do. I go up to the ladies and be like, damn, girl, I could disappoint you 36 ways to Sunday. Did, did he just leave his oh, wait. old clothes? The, ne- the next one, if you can click on the one there, yes. Oh, this is just skip so ahead cool. to where he dances. It's, oh, this is where, this is where the movie really jumps the shark. So he brings Gwen Stacy to this jazz club where Mary Jane's singing. And then, whew, here it is. Here it is. Again, how would no one wonder, man, this guy sure moves like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man <laughs> He's kind of got Ryan Gosling from La La Land hair going on <laughs> City of <laughs> That's the best <laughs> When his jacket makes the wind The wind burst to her hair I remember when I saw This What did he say? Let me dig on this Oh boy Some more thrusting Holy fuck When this happened in theaters I remember I pretty much Collectively in the theater We were all like what is happening? I think that's what Mary Jane's saying right now. What am I doing Anyways, in this movie? Anyways, it's fine. Then the rest is just them slow dancing and then no, Mary the, Jane gets The chilling. best part of that clip that we didn't even see is um, when he accidentally slaps Mary Jane and she falls to the ground and every, no one does anything. No. Everyone just stares I don't at him. Think, it felt like he more like <laughs> forearms her. Yeah, yeah. So, but like he, he knocks her to the ground and ev- like there was a bouncer there before, but like now... N- now well, you no one's this, there. Yeah, you punch the female singer. We don't care. And they just sort of are like looking at him, like, what? Yeah. "Oh, you don't belong here, the, man." So I, I did like the sequence. Like he gets there's a t- everything with Aunt May. I think is really touching, and she's a great actress. There's some really good stuff with him and her. Uh, and then she gives him the ring to propose to Mary Jane. And in the very next scene, he gets attacked by uh, Harry. And there's that awesome shot where he loses the ring and he he whips it back to him, and then he loses it again. But then he somehow swings down and catches it. They're fighting for a good 30 to 45 seconds, and the ring just seems to be conveniently falling in slow motion <laughs> while they're having this epic battle, and then he manages to catch it again. Yeah. Uh, again, that would be a great dramatic moment if he lost his, un- his uncle's... Yeah, let him lose it, like, and let's see what happens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Anyway, so then <laughs> we have to talk about the Sandman origin scene, and then we're going to skip ahead because, oh my god, whatever. Um... Like I said, the action scenes I actually really like in this movie, and there are moments, if they just focused the movie, this movie would have been awesome. Yeah. It's definitely a guilty movie pleasure, because I did crack up a ton during it. Um, but, so, so then Sandman is running, they're like, we got our APB on this guy, and explain this scene to him, because you, this was one of your favorites, so this I, don't, is, I don't want yeah, you to so he's, unpack this one for me. He's running away from, like, I, I don't know where he's running from, first of all, because <laughs> he's running and being chased by a, a squadron. Yep, yep. Um, uh-huh. And he, he arrives at a, a fence, it says, like, danger test facility. <laughs> Just... And there's barbed wire that he barbed easily wire that, scales. Yeah, he d- doesn't bother him Which at all. Which barbed wire in movies is never a deterrent. It's always just like, eh. Yeah, it's a deterrent for the people who are chasing, <laughs> not for the person being chased. <laughs> never. Um, but so he gets over the fence, and no one else is able to get over the fence. Everyone's just like, well, I guess... <laughs> Typical action movie. I guess he did ah. it. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Bummer. Um, he stumbles into this pit. 
um, and he hears a noise of a machine coming. Yep. Um, we actually have a sound clip that I, th- I think it's, uh, is it a bird? I think it's number four. Oh, God, yeah, I haven't even done any sound clips yet. Don't give me the horse thing. Oh, no, it wasn't no, number No, it's four. not number four. Here, I'm going to find out which one it was. But also, don't give me the horse thing. That's <laughs> There's a change in the silicon mass. Yeah. It's probably a bird. It'll fly away when we fire it up. So if you're going to do something that's super <laughs> dangerous and, like, could turn a living being into sand, maybe go out there and check and catch a visual <laughs> on what the fuck just triggered your your radars. Not, like, and why don't they have cameras in the pit? <laughs> yeah. Worst case scenario happened and everyone was just like, eh, I don't know. It'll probably leave. And they never go back to these scientists going... Oh, well, whoops. because they never like they it's never the most, check on the results of their test. It's the most arbitrary experiment ever. They just do the thing and then the, it turns them into sand and then they're like, well, punch the clock. That's it for us for tonight. All right. I, I hope it works. Success. <laughs> Who knows? Well, how cool would it have been if they checked on it and then Sandman attacked them? Right. And they're like, what the fuck did we do? Right. Instead, he just appears in his, this super long, sad Sandman montage. He appears. The only thing that wasn't turned into sand was the fucking amulet <laughs> that his sense. daughter gave him. Why, why didn't that turn to sand? It doesn't make any sense. And if it's because it was metal, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a belt, and so his belt shouldn't have turned to sand either. Or a zipper on his pants. Or a zipper. Just something. There was other metal on his person. So why did that jewelry not turn into sand? So we we skipped a couple sound clips. Let's play clip number one. This is when uh, Harry's really mad at Peter. Uh, Tell it to my father. Raise him from the dead. (laughs) Tell it to my father. Raise him from the dead. I will say that James Franco's acting uh, improves from one to two to three. Uh, even though he's given really ridiculous shit in this one. But in one, he's super, like, kind of not good. But he gets... he. Gets, I mean, Jim Stranko's a great actor, but yeah. in the first one, Oscar it's nominated. very... It's kind of like, ooh. It's just stumbly a little. But man, yeah, tell it to my father. I don't even know what to do with that one. <laughs> What's clip number two that you got? You and the truth? Um, you and the truth, sitting in prison, having three meals a day together. This was when the uh, Thomas Hayden Church is found by his wife, his estranged wife, and he's trying to explain his crimes away. Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I had good reason for what I did. For murdering for someone. For murdering someone. Yeah. It's because my friend ran up behind me, <laughs> which was apparently his reason for murdering What's someone. What's the horse thing? Uh, this is this is when Tobey Maguire is talking to Kirsten Dunst uh, about her failed acting career, and he's like, "You just got to get back oh, up yeah, on that horse." Yeah. This is this has been the advice to Jesse and I every time we complain about not getting auditions. Can we play clip number four? Don't give me the horse thing. That's, so he that's says, my response. He says, "You got to get up on that horse." <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um. I don't know how to do this without doing a horse and pony or dog and pony show. Is yep. that what it's called? Yep. <laughs> I was offered that for my bachelor party, <laughs> and I just immediately looked at my best man and was like, "From producers, Marie don't Menudo, give me the horse." <laughs> you started introing our I podcast. Intro- <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I think. Wait. Yeah, let's. Don't give me the horse thing. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> What's the what's that smell clip from? Oh uh, wait, I was just going to oh, say what, like thing. yeah, one time I was uh, when I was learning chess mm-hmm. um and we were setting up the board and I was just choosing my pieces. I didn't like just put my colors on one side. I was just choosing the ones I want. Yeah. And uh my dad who was teaching me was like, "No, you have to you have to use this." And he handed me the 
the horse thing, the knight, and I the was knight. like, "Don't give me the horse thing." I was like, I wanted to call it the bishop, and I was like, "It's not the bishop." Someone's like, going to say like, something. If you think the knight is the horse thing, you're never going to be good at chess. Yeah. Well, and that played out. That played out. That played out. So I, d- I touched on a little bit about how um, Gwen is doing, and we never circle back to the fact that Gwen's a model. It just <laughs> she's conveniently a model, and she's like, and the the model guy is like. He, the guy taking her photos says something along the lines of like um, I've got a secret and it's this copying machine or something yeah. and she's like posing sexily near a copy machine where a crane just happens to go haywire and knock out the entire floor again it's a ridiculous setup but the sequence this is one of those where Sam Raimi does one seemingly one shot as Spider-Man zips down and f- flies over all this debris to save her and it's fucking awesome and yeah. that's the stuff I want just I want a better setup to mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. It's that you have to endure all these terrible setups to all these awesome moments. This this was also a great moment. This was our introduction to Topher Grace when he shows up taking pictures yeah. and he's like uh he's like, Oh, it's your daughter? Um, I'm dating her. I'm dating her. And he's, As, like, not concerned, not concerned that all. she's about to die. He's just like, I'm going to photograph it. She's but, in mortal uh, peril. And then I'm, you, I'm dating her right now. Which, at first, I was like, that's an odd choice. But then I realized, oh, it's because he's a stalker. That's why. Right. He's, but he's, it he's was actually like, went out to coffee with her. And that's still it. a weird emotional choice. And, like, if I were if I were the dad who's going to jail now, I think. Did you read this? Oh, no. What's his name? Oh, yeah. He's going the to jail because he Babe. protested. Yeah, he protested. Yeah. He's going to jail. Um, Good for him. But he, uh, like, if I were him, I would have been like... Like that would have struck me as odd. Yeah, be like, oh, you're dating my daughter. She's a police chief, and like you're you're just like yeah. photographing you're her death. You're very nonchalant about this. Are you a psychopath? So, uh, God, I don't even know where to. <laughs> so then, oh, I have Stan Lee's cameo. Stan Lee always has a great cameo. This one was actually kind of a poignant, cool cameo to me. Clip B, Stan Lee. Stan. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> and you know what? It's it, if it wasn't surrounded by such a silly movie, for me that sums up everything Stan Lee has done. Sure, where he's given me and several millions of other people their childhood, and now our childhood is living on a screen. I mean, Marvel wouldn't be where it is without him and his wife. Uh, you know, uh, who rest in peace. She just passed away recently, which was super sad because he. She's like the reason he stayed with Marvel. There's that story where he was going to quit. Because they wanted him to just do action comics, and he and she said, just do write what you would want to write, and he wrote Fantastic Four as kind of an fu, and then it was the best selling comic, and so it's because of his wife that that he stuck with it, and we have everything we have nowadays. So the two of them, and that's what it is. It's you know it was one person, but his better half as well. So that's that. Just I wanted to play that because that's a tribute to me, to his wife who passed away, and to Stanley who is. Well, I've met him before. He's one of the nicest, coolest dudes on the planet. And it's it's also a really fun moment in the movie because it's like it's such a funny and awkward in and out. Yeah. Where he, like that enough said, and then he leaves, yep. Yep. and it's that's such yeah. a perfect. I like, love it. I love it. It's one of my. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Stanley cameos. What's the what's that smell? Uh, clip. What's that smell? That's still something called nice and easy. What's on you? It's called go away. That's, <laughs> Eddie Brock when he's hitting yeah. on uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, who I forgot was in these movies. Yeah. Until. Oh God, you know, um, I too have. I, I did go through a phase in seventh grade where I owned the cologne, nice and easy. Did you? And uh, and I had a similar uh, 
similar interchange with a girl that I had a crush on, who, which I will not mention, because uh, she's now married with with child. Is uh, it Renee? Uh, it's yes, Renee, <laughs> with my child. With your child, damn. Uh, no, and and you know, I was trying to be smooth, and I had loaded it on a little bit too much. Mm. You know, like guys now at clubs load on the Axe body spray. Yep, they take the term body spray literally and spray it everywhere. Their body. So that's kind of what I had done with Nice and Easy, and the interchange went. What's that smell? That's still something called nice and easy. What's on you? It's called go away. And uh, yeah, same thing happened, but now we're married and we have a kid, so uh, it's pretty awesome. All's well that ends well. I have a hair that's dangling in this eye, just like, it's gone. It's gone now. Nice and easy. <laughs> I'm really concerned. For your well, maybe I'm just hallucinating. <laughs> Ben's slowly losing his mind <laughs> in front of our podcast camera. You guys missed it uh, earlier. He promised to do the show shirtless, and a lot of times we joke about that, but he for real was going to do it. He was, was do it. he was shirtless in the studio. Just, just gonna be sure. Well, I had to change because I was at an audition where I was uh, being a golfer, and I had this like salmon polo on, and I just was waiting for someone to troll me about it. It, so now you can now hey, just imagine it close your eyes speaking of trolls whoever's the jerk bag that gives us a thumbs down before we even air our show there's there's a recurring theme every week when it's announced by popcorn talk that our show is going live on wednesday mm-hmm. someone gives us a thumbs down before we even give them a chance to convince them of a thumbs up yep I wait for that person to give us a thumbs down before I mentally give that person a thumbs down. I always give that person a chance to not give us a thumbs it down. It always happens. Maybe, it it's, always maybe happens. it's a different person. Maybe it just happens <laughs> maybe every they, time. they like tag each other out. They're on like Your a text turn. chain. Your a. turn. Oh, I wish we could track them down. <laughs> CNN style. <laughs> CNN style. Uh, what's the Any Girlfriends clip? Do you remember? Uh, Jesse grabbed these. So I don't, uh, let's play it. Let's play it. Hey, let's hear it. Burger, do I have any girlfriends? Not that I know of, sir. <laughs> Again, he doesn't remember his girl. He has very selective memory for comedic purpose or plot design. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Um, so then let's let's just keep moving on. So then um, the, the symbiote. I mean, Sandman. There's all kinds of stuff that happens. It's really in a, the kiss that we talked about, which should have happened after he already was getting possessed by the symbiote, because yes. for him to kiss Gwen Stacy in front of Mary Jane when he's thinking of proposing to her and not see that that would be a huge dick move and for after him, she just said i got replaced in the show yeah what the fuck is he thinking and for him to initiate it and it, yeah here's, like, go ahead here's zoop. random question Kiss that i the had mask on about about that uh, whole setup and giving him the key to the city like who set that up I, uh, the police chief i guess do they know like do they interact with him never right so how did they know that he did they just set it up and they were like I hope he finds out and about Gwen this and Gwen Stacy apparently is a figure in the city well we she was never, saved by him we never yeah that's what it we was we never right? learned anything about her and she's like I said such an important character in the comics her death is in Amazing Spider-Man 2 not a great movie but when she dies spoiler alert if you didn't see it it's not a great movie but that moment when she dies in Spider-Man 2 it takes your breath away in the theater when I saw it it was a packed house and we all went <gasps> Because it was, like, fucking brutal. It was such a good moment, but I, from what I heard, even before that moment, that one guy gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> even before it happened. So, um, oh, Jesus. I don't, and I don't understand the rules of of the symbiote when it when it gloms onto Peter, because it's just in the costume at first, and then it, he can't get it off. But then he's able to take off the mask, then later on he's not. Yeah, the rules a are... Of, a lot of confusion. Um... Then he just is, he's, he starts just kind of becoming a dick. 
He finds out that Sandman killed Uncle Ben in cold blood is what he imagines. And then he full on like, that fight scene's awesome. Again, another, uh, and it kind of has a better setup because we have the revenge. I just wish it happened earlier instead of like an hour and 16 minutes into it. Well, and then you, I think you touched on it earlier, but like he, that fight ends and the conclusion that he draws is I killed the Sandman. And I think he even says it. And it should have just ended that Like when, when the water washes him away, he's yeah. like, I killed him. And maybe, the, maybe have an end credits tag where Sandman rises. Sure. But you don't need to bring him back. Right. You ended that story just like you ended Harry's story when he gets amnesia. Right. Don't keep bringing... Don't go power down, power up on story. And also, like, then at the end when Spider-Man forgives him, like, that doesn't save his daughter. Like, this whole thing has been motivated by the fact that the Sandman is trying to steal money so that his daughter can get medication. He's still going to be a criminal. An unstoppable criminal. But let's talk about how awesome that fight scene is. Yes, let's do it. I mean, there's the... I love... And again, I don't understand the rules because sometimes... Is Sandman can be punched through, and sometimes I think it's when Spider-Man surprises him, he hasn't activated his sand okay. abilities. That's what I think. I think it's pretty consistent, but like he punches through him, which is epic. When he gets super mad and he shoves Sandman's face against the yeah, the that's subway, super cool. Yeah, it's awesome, and his face is disappearing, and then he punches him so hard, his face like rips off. That whole sequence is incredible, and then even when he douses him and he starts like melting away. That, in, that entire sequence is great if you just would have ended Sandman's storyline there. Yeah. Because it makes, it then motivates Peter to then think he actually murdered someone once the symbiote is, is shaken free from him. And it's just, there's too many things. Anyways, but that scene is so good. If you just watch that one scene, and then Harry wakes up because he then, he kisses Mary Jane, and um, they, they start to then, uh, God, he remembers everything. And um, Peter Parker starts becoming a dick, and he, <laughs> Eddie Brock posts a photo of him that's bad. Eddie Brock is introduced very haphazardly, and can we play clip B2? I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Ooh. That's when Peter Parker's mad at the fake photo. Ooh. I've never heard that expression. Uh, fans, if you've heard that before, if that's a real thing... Let us know. Put some dirt in your eye. Because I know when I get dirt in my eye, I've had dirt in my eye from landscapers that do the dirt blowing thing yeah. that has lasted all day. Yeah. And it's, that's a good, that's it, a good thing to threaten because it's aggravating. But that threat sounded like he was going to like carefully place dirt in his eye. <laughs> Just when he's, he's sleeping. Like, yeah, while you like, sit there. Like the sand, like a literal sandman. Yeah. Boop, boop. Put a little dirt in your eye. Um, I did also want to play the clip yeah, of please do. Um, James Franco asking for, uh, I think, guest question mark. Yeah, clip eight. Yep. Bernard. Yes, Mr. Osborne. We're having a guest. Can you uh, get some food? A guest? Yeah, a guest. Uh, a guest guest? <laughs> we just get some food? Right away, sir. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is that? Okay, maybe that's why Bernard <laughs> didn't mention it till the third act, because he forgot. Maybe his short-term memory loss was affected <laughs> when James Franco had said. But, a guest guest? That's such a weird comedic moment that I completely forgot about. Yeah, and then, and then the food that he gets him, he doesn't make the food. He just, like preps vegetables so that James Franco can make the food. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's a very weird sequence. So uh, let's, oh, then uh, Peter Parker, uh, this is a sound clip that for me sums up the entire movie. Clip number seven. Where do all these guys come from? <laughs> he says that about Sandman and it's like, that's how I feel when I'm watching this movie. Where do all these guys come from? Because you're not adequately explaining their origin yeah. story to me. It's so confusing. 
And I think it was also a line from that uh, porno I saw. <laughs> Remember that story yeah. I told? <laughs> Deep Dish Orgy. Deep Dish Orgy. Pretty sure, pretty sure the girl after, if you didn't see that episode, I forget which one it was. But You uh, have to go back and watch all the you episodes. You gotta go back now. and watch all of them. Really she sorry. floats up on a float and blows a dude. And it sounds like a line that could be coming from that where she just looks up and says, Where do all these guys come from? <laughs> She's just like, that has the, the confessional cam with her on the floaty, just like floating around the pool from guy to guy. Being like, Fuck, I'm tired. Where do all these guys come from? <laughs> oh, that made my day. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, so, um,. <laughs> so then Harry becomes a super big dick. We have five minutes left. Uh, and, and he starts his whole revenge thing that he's told by his ghost dad is to... Not ghost dad starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> Different ghost dad. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> that, so he breaks up Mary Jane and Peter Parker, makes her uh, dump him because he says he'll kill him if, he, if she doesn't. Then he starts dating her again. And then he tells Peter at a lunch that I'm the other man and gloats about it in the best way ever. I tweeted out the photo, the gif of this. Uh, can we play clip B2? This is what he's... No, 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 I'm sorry. B1. He's eating a pie and just loving the fact that he just ruined Peter and Mary Jane's relationship. How's the pie? So good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... He just had that woman on the float yeah, <laughs> roll yeah, up yeah. right before. <laughs> well, her name was the pie. Just listen so. to how uh, this is like uh, you know an homage to when Harry met Sally. The the person next to him was like, "I'll have what he's having." Yeah. Can we play that again? Because he's very orgasmic. So good. <laughs> so bad. Okay, okay, we got to keep moving on. So then, so if you've been wondering until like an hour and thirty minutes in, what this whole black goo is that has taken over Spider Man? Yep. Conveniently, his teacher who pops up just for two and a half scenes to exposition dump on us. He explains it. Clip B3, please. B3. Oh, Dr. Connors. How are you? Quite a specimen you left me, Parker. Its chemistry is not unlike the chondritic meteorites of the 70s. Well, oh, that. Yeah. Everybody, common knowledge. You know what, Parker? Found it in the microfiche. Parker? Come smoke. It amplifies characteristics of its host. Hey, come here, especially aggression. This could be dangerous. Peter, you didn't keep any, did you? (laughs) Okay, so hearing that out of context sounds like he's really awkwardly instructing someone how to fuck him. Yeah. But all he's doing is that poor Russian uh, manager's daughter. Lauren Lapkus, right? Who's loved him since the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's loved him since the first one. He's just ordering her around to get him food. But it sounds like he's much more sexual. He's just ordering her to get cookies and milk. But he's alternating between the two. And it's it felt like they were shooting it and they were like, hey, Toby, just... Just, just vamp for a bit. Just vamp for a bit. And he was like, all he could think of was like, give me one more cookie. Give me one more cookie. Give me a little more milk. Give me one more milk. Hey, give me one more cookie. And in case you didn't know, it was from the blah, blah, blah meteorite that everyone's heard about. Yeah, from the uh, 70s. Yep. Uh, and then how it gloms onto the host and amplifies the aggression. How he knows this? <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. Be cool if the whole movie focused on just Venom. Don't know. That'd be this, cool. This is like uh, John Stewart from The Faculty. Yeah. Where he's just <laughs> like, yeah, I uh, I know exactly what this is. Yeah, yeah. Can we play cut number nine, good man, good woman? If it's a woman you're calling, then you say, you're a good woman, I'm good man. Hmm? <laughs> there we go. Best advice of the whole movie. 
Best advice. Oh, God, we don't have much time. I don't want to stretch it. Do you got a couple more minutes or no? Uh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Do we have a couple more minutes in the booth? Is that okay? Okay. Uh, so let's just do... So then... T- <laughs> So Topher Grace gets mad because he's been kicked out of the... He's been blacklisted because he made a fake photo of Spider-Man. And he's praying in church as conveniently Spider-Man has now been like, I gotta get this suit off me. I'm an asshole. I'm a yep. terrible person. I accidentally punched Mary Jane. It wasn't the fact that I killed someone in cold blood, even though I didn't really kill him. It's the fact that I punched Mary Jane and no one reacted that really made me go over yeah. the edge. And his shirt pops open and you see the suit. No one notices Nope. a Spider-Man suit under there, which... People would fucking notice. He swings to a bell tower because, of course, that's where you go. And that's where he conveniently finds out that uh, the the alien symbiote that has attached to him is thwarted by loud sounds. And the bell starts ringing and it starts detaching from him and then gloms onto Eddie Brock. But not before Eddie Brock... I guess this was God answering Eddie Brock's prayer. Can, I guess. Can we play? And they were also, I think, the only two people in the church Yep. at this point. Yep. I mean, because he was being really loud up there. Yeah. You would think he would want to try and separate from this in, like, a field away from people. Because he's still in public. If he separates from this, it's going to glom onto something else. Yes. And it does. So this is uh, Eddie Brock's prayer before it's answered by him becoming Venom. Cut number 10. It's Brock, sir. Sir is Edward Jesus. Brock, Jr. I come before you today humbled and humiliated. He's doing a good job acting, but it just makes no sense. To ask you for one thing. I want you to kill Peter Parker. Because that's the thing that God does. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, You can just say, yay. As long as you're respectful and call him sir. Yeah, as long as you're like, hey, by the way, um, you know, thank you for uh, helping me get through today. Appreciate it. I like that, you know, audition I got. And by the way, could you kill this person? He didn't. He didn't thank him for a Uh, thing. A thing. He just asked for, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, you know, weird. Uh, So then uh, Eddie Brock instantly becomes Venom. The Mm -hmm. stuff attaches to him. He instantly becomes Fangtooth. Yeah. uh, Which which I know in the comics that happens, but in this it's not justified at all. He just suddenly has vampire fangs. He also he, he has him when he's not right. Venom. He has him just as Eddie now too. It, and it like I, I think I said this earlier, but it goes like his character goes from like zero to sixty because he's kind of harmless and just sort of like a twit. He goes zero to a thousand. Yeah, and then all, like the moment where he asks God to kill Peter Parker was so jarring because yep. it's like you just have like a small rivalry with this guy. Like, yeah. why would you yeah. solo go to a church and pray to God that someone is murdered? Super like, weird. That is psychotic, and they don't set that up. Right? They need to set up that he's that psychotic. Right. So if you're focusing on Eddie Brock instead of four hundred other characters. Anyways, we'll we'll wrap this up, I promise, because we have only have a few minutes left. Um, there's another great fight scene between Harry and Spider-Man where uh, apparently their goal is to break every piece of glass <laughs> in the entire uh, loft of Harry's place. Literally, they throw each other through every single glass window, slam each other into every glass object. Then it ends, like, this is such a dramatic moment where, this is before, actually, this happens before. Uh, he He's still in the black suit. He's kicking Harry's ass. Uh, he throws the the uh, Harry throws the grenade at Spider the pumpkin grenade. Then Harry uh, Spider Man whips it back at him, and seemingly it kills him. But then later on, yeah. it just like kind of two face half two faces him. So right. he still looks handsome. He still looks handsome. He still he still has his boyish charm. But that sequence is an awesome fight scene. And if it was more emotionally earned by not having the stupid amnesia thing for an hour, 
and building up to this and building up to this fight, it would have been so awesome. Yeah. Again, there's awesome action set pieces that you have to sit through jarring, weird, emotional confusion to get to. I think, honestly, I think that was my favorite moment of the, like, grenade being thrown so at him awesome. and then him slinging it back and getting the, like, slow motion explosion <laughs> behind his face. All the effects pretty yeah. much live up in this movie yeah. for the most part, you know? And then uh, let's play clip number 12, End of Spider-Man. I believe this is when they want to team up, when Venom goes and teams up with Sandman because he just happens upon him and uh, and he hap- somehow, I guess, maybe... The alien life form infused Eddie Brock with all of Peter's memories while he was possessed? Maybe? Because that's the only way he would know who Sandman is. And This, this is- could be a tragic day oh. for the people of New York. It could be the end of Spider-Man. By the way, that's also a really hilarious technique they use where uh, the third act is completely summed up by news supports, uh, uh, news reports, what's going to happen. Like, where they're like, Venom and Sandman have teamed up. Mary Jane's up there hanging by a thread. She's in a taxi cab, and, and there's all these other things, and every, there's a hostage situation. Spider-Man's going to be here. And then Spider-Man's just getting his ass kicked. Spider-Man may die. Yeah. And then Harry shows up. <laughs> Spider-Man may survive. Oh, this is great. And it's just like, what? what? Top-notch reporting. And top-notch reporting. You know, they're just that good. They're Yeah, this strong strong infrastructure and in the, the city. And f- the end fight scene, uh, Giant Sandman looks kind of cool, a little dated, but kind of cool. But apparently when he's giant, he can't actually talk. He can just growl. Right. Because it's just like, and it's brutal when he's smashing Spider-Man in the end. Again, you don't get any cool build-up to Venom, though. So when by the time they finally fight at the two-hour mark, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And they're fighting, they're fighting, they do the they do the really long fall thing again, which looks pretty cool. And then he slams all those bars. He saves Mary Jane Jurassic Park style where the cab like just misses her, <laughs> like the T Rex scene. And then he slams all the bars and just starts doing like a like a what do you call that? The triangle section where sure. it's like in the band percussion percussion where it's just yeah. like ding 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 like he just reenacts kind of an off Broadway version of Stomp to get Venom and Eddie and Brock to interestingly separate. his performance was picked up and replaced Mary Jane's old show <laughs> on Broadway. So that's it. Yeah. All's well that ends well. So Eddie Brock. And then he separates Eddie Brock and then throws one of uh, Harry's grenades in there and Eddie Brock jumps in and dies and gets but disintegrates. Right. Everything disintegrates, which I mean for now an hour after that happened, he <laughs> he reappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But then there's also Sandman is this giant monster but he's taken out by two missiles from him. Harry comes in and whoops ass. Yeah. And then he gets killed by his own hoverboard. Just like his dad did, which is kind of a full circle poetic thing if everything else didn't suck. If, if like, right. every other moment didn't suck. If we had built to it instead of yeah, just sort of meandering kind of a, to it. It's kind of a poignant moment where yeah. Mary Jane and Peter Parker and Harry are there and he dies. It's a really sad moment. It's just you've had to sit, like I said, sit through. There are so many great things in this movie mm-hmm. undercut by so many silly things. But let's play the last sound clip, uh, which is uh, clip 13. Never wound. But you can't kill. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. good advice. I mean, uh, I think, you know, people in boxing and MMA might, uh, you know, disagree with that. They would like, dispute that I mean, assertion for sure. And, like, yeah. I don't, like, if a spider's in my house, I don't always just kill it. If it's in the bedroom and it's going to, like, maybe threaten the baby, yeah. sure. But, like, I'll scoop it up and try and throw it outside. Yeah. Or if just, like, you're being attacked but you want to escape. 
Then you, you want to move. Like you don't want to fight to the death. Yeah. So I guess the message of this uh, kids out there is that um, you know, wounding is better because killing is bad. That's. I mean, if you leave this podcast with one, one piece thing. of advice, <laughs> one piece of advice. It's and before I say it, don't thumbs down me. But uh, it's better to wound than it is to kill. Yes. Oh, I did want to mention one more thing. When um, Venom knocks Spider-Man in the face with a pole, he literally knocks his mask clean off. Yeah. It just, it just cleanly falls right off. Yeah. It's incredible. So, oh, man, we have to wrap up. There's just, oh, God. Some people, if, if we can play the James Franco clip again, some people may argue that this movie is as good as pie. I mean, some people, if, if you ask them how Spider-Man 3 was, they might say... How's the pie? How's Spider-Man 3? So good. I'm not one of those people. Not me. There are moments that are so good. And I'd like to start doing something at the end of every show where we... Because we've been called out before saying if it's guilty or not. Uh, I think that this movie is definitely a guilty pleasure because it's ridiculous. And it has awesome moments, but it's more guilty than it is a pleasure. But it's still a guilty movie pleasure. Sure. What do you think? Um, I would I would weight it heavily towards guilt. If you find it pleasurable, I think you should feel guilt there we over go. it. There we yep. go. And we'll get maybe maybe we'll even do like a sliding scale or something. We gotta get out of here because Jesse has to go. To I've go. kept him so long. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Spider-Man 3. Please tweet at us if you like this the best. I want defense for this, Tony. I'm talking to you. I want defense for why you like this the best. In where does it land? What's your favorite Spider-Man movie? Throw us some Spider-Man uh, tweets. We want to talk. We want to geek out about that. Until next time, where can they find you, Jesse? Uh, you can find me at Too Much Jesse on Twitter and Instagram for Sketch. Check us out at the prom losers we're dropping one tomorrow so check yeah. that out on youtube.com slash prom losers and i'm at the ben begley and we'll be back next week with team america world police as promised thank you so much for watching and until next time that's it from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.